Good morning, and um, it's fantastic to be with you, and um, if you're visiting with us this morning, uh, you're just very welcome, and we're going to carry on with our series in Refresh here, which is a series we've been talking about, about kingdom culture, and one of the topics we're going to look at today is this thing called about uh, building a um, culture of generosity, and um, now if you're like me, the moment you hear this word generosity, you might just start breathing and you're thinking, oh no, is he going to talk about money? And I'm like, well, probably not really that much today, to be fair. All right. So, so you can just take a deep breath and relax. We're not going to talk about money, actually. Because to be absolutely um, truthful, this church is incredible with its generosity. Um, you know, whether it's the, the finance you're giving, whether it is the time that you sow into the life of the church here, whether it's your, you know, giving your, ta- your talents or your, you know, your possessions and so on, this church is incredible with that, okay? And, and to be truthful, when uh, Duncan and I put the series together, we almost forgot this theme of generosity as out of it. Do you know that? We were like, we looked at the list and we thought, we missed, we missed generosity out, <laughs> Because you guys are actually so amazing at, at generosity as a church. And, and so I was thinking about um, this thing about then how do we grow in generosity? Because I don't know how you are. This is what happens with me, okay? And so when you hear the word generosity, which you have this multiple areas, whether you're generous with your finances or whether it's with your time or whether your possessions or with your words, because you can be generous with your words, Right? What happens for me is that I kind of have that category of generosity in my head, and I hear the word generosity, and my mind goes to the, to the area that I'm weak at, and then I say this to myself, I'm not a generous person, all right? So I'm not going to ask you if I'm the only one there, because normally you leave me hanging, but... Um, <laughs> But, you know, it's, like, it's funny because sometimes it feels this way. And I, it comes up in me every now and again. Because, you know, a couple of years ago, Leanne, my wife, she did this course that we do at God First. You might have heard of it called the Academy. And um, it had a terrible influence on her, okay? I mean, it's, I don't recommend you going on this thing because you might become more generous, okay? And um, so the one day Leanne arrives home and she says to me, um, well, she didn't get home and brag, okay? It was one of those kind of moments. I think it came out at some point in the conversation. And she comes home and she says, um, I paid for somebody's petrol uh, today. Okay, so obviously she was standing paying for the petrol. In the forecourt, she could see somebody just finishing off, off on the petrol. And she said, well, number six or whatever, to the, to the cashier. I said, I'll pay for number six or whatever. And of course, my mind, in my sort of generous mind, I'm like, Oh, love, how, how lovely you are, how generous you are, how, what a blessing you are to that person. No, no, no. In my mind, I'm like, now what car are those guys driving? <laughs> because if he's driving a Porsche, he can pay his own petrol, man. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, hang on. Was this like a little top-up or was it like a whole tank kind of scenario, right? So, yeah? Am I only, only, only one? Like, go, go. And so what happens is you're kind of thinking, oh, financially, maybe in that kind of moment you maybe haven't been that generous or kind of overflowing with it. And then you, then you kind of just conclude that I'm just not a generous person, right? And, um, and I think it's quite interesting because we have this thing, maybe you like this, but 
Generosity, is like I, I wrote this, is the unconditional act of giving, of giving in order for the kingdom of God to advance in a person or a society. It's just, I'll say again. Giving is, or generosity is the unconditional, meaning there's no strings attached, okay? Of, and it's, it's an act, what, or whatever that act is, in order for the kingdom of God to advance in the person or the society. And here at God First, we've gone there where we said, you know, God First describes culture of generosity as to receive, enjoy, and release God's abundance. Now, John Piper, he makes this interesting thing. He says, um, the physical force of gravity pulls everything to the center of the earth, okay? In order to break free from the earth-centered life, or to get out of our gravity, thousands and thousands of pounds of energy must be pushed, um, uh, must push the space shuttle away from the center. There's also a psychological force of gravity that constantly pulls our thoughts and our affections and physical actions inward toward the center of our own selves and our own homes. And therefore, the most natural thing in the world is to neglect generosity. It is the path of least resistance. All we have to do is yield to the natural gravity of our self-centered life, and the result will be a life so full of self that there's no room for generosity. Now, some of you might be sitting there thinking, because there's some of you in this room that is so like overflowing with generosity, which is just incredible. You like, listen to that quote, and you're like, that's not me. And then like, you might be like me, thinking, yeah, there are moments where everything in me wants to just pull stuff in towards myself. And you see that with children, don't you? Like, even from a young age, you say to them, listen, share your toys, don't just hold them all, don't grab the other person's toy. It's like, this is my world, this is what I want to hold on to, I don't want to share it out with anybody. And so what happens is, I think, when it comes to generosity as a holistic thing, is that it requires a heart transformation for each one of us. Because each one of us are on the journey, there's aspects, I think, where you think, man, I'm super generous. Because I am. There's areas in my life where I'm thinking, I'm pretty generous with certain things. I'm pretty generous with the way I would communicate to somebody and the encouragement I might give, or with my possessions and my time. And then there's areas where I'm thinking, I'm inconsistent with my generosity. Occasionally I'm like, I'll pay for your meal. And in other cases I'm like, I hope you're going to pay for my meal today kind of stuff, right? And maybe we today, so my goal today is just for us to kind of embrace where you are, to kind of see the generosity that you actually do have already as an individual, and then to look at those areas where you're thinking, maybe I'm not that great at that, maybe God can grow me in that area. And that way, we can grow a culture of generosity in this, in this church. Amen? Because it's like, kind of just like, because there are incredible people. I've heard stories of how you guys have given away your cars to other people, you know. It's just incredible. There were moments when, like, Nigel, I don't know if Nigel's around, he's incredible. This guy, he's like, he's sometimes just like, I'm just overwhelmed by his generosity sometimes, right? Isn't that true? Where's, where's Nigel? Is he yet? He's not here today. Oh, there he is. He's like, don't say anything more day. But... But it's true, sometimes you arrive here and, I don't know, Nigel's just giving us like a pineapple in the front row. And I'm like, it's weird, but I like it, right? It's like, and I'm like, you went to the shop and you bought that. And you decided to give that. You know, it's not about the, the, the amount. It's about the heart that says, I want to give something to you. I want to bless you with something. Amen. 
So let's quickly look at this, and because um, I've got so much I want to say here, um, and some of it might be a little bit weird, okay? Like a little bit like left field. So just, you know, bear with me, because, you know, why not? Okay, so the first thing, receive, enjoy, and release God's abundance. The first one, I want to look at these three headings of receive. You know, the model to understand to understanding generosity and abundance starts with God as its source. That's so, so important. You know, because it's funny, like, you know, when you talk about generosity, you have these words like copious, liberal, unselfish, lavish, profuse, a large quantity, overflowing, riches, over and above. That's the idea of generosity, right? And so when I think about God, God can't help himself by being extravagantly lavish. So this is how my mind works. So God, like, in the beginning, let's create the heavens and the earth, and let's make some stars. And the next, because of God's lavish generosity, his kind of abundance, it's like, it's like 100 billion stars are created suddenly. Not just like a couple. Like, maybe we just need nine in those little, those little section of the universe, right? It's like... A billion stars are created, and some of them are so massive. I mean, think it's a photograph. You probably can't really tell. The sun is like a pinprick compared to some of the stars in the universe, right? So God's like, oh, I've just like made something massive, and it's like huge, and I have to create this huge universe in order to contain it. Do you understand? It's like I think it's an overflow of God's lavish, abundant generosity, right? I mean, think about this, like, all right, let's create some creepy things and some animals. It's like, I mean, it's mad. So it's like, why do we need 4,810 species of frogs? <laughs> it's madness, right? I mean, why? Why do you need 750 species of butterflies? How about this? 11,000 species of moth. I mean... I can only see a few. Like, I mean, I don't, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like animals, I don't even know. We're still discovering them. There's like stars in the universe that none of us are ever going to go there. It's like a waste. <laughs> I mean, it's a waste. It's like, who's going to see it? And God's like, yeah, I did it because I can. And it's just, <laughs> it reflects who I am. You, you guys can love this. You spider, you're spider lovers. 35,000 species of spiders. 35,000. I mean, how is that possible? I mean, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's, it's just, it's just like unnecessary. I mean, why do you need a rhino? I mean, what is a rhino actually going to be doing at all? And, but God's like, oh, we've got rhinos. And so I think what's amazing is that you see God's abundance just coming out of who he is, right? Like in the Old Testament, God says, listen, I'm going to take you from this land and I'm going to put you into another land. And it's not just like a, put you in a little desert land and you can, some little space. No, a land that's going to flow with milk and honey. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a way of saying, this is full of blessing. This is lavish place. This is a lovely place. You want to be like, you want to live there. You want to travel there. You want to immigrate there kind of place, right? Like, I don't know, Canada or somewhere. I don't know, somewhere very nice. Um, England's not bad either, but... Um, <laughs> You know, I mean, like, you know, when you see Jesus interacting, 
You know, it's like sunny. It's like uh, the, the water into wine. It's not just like the nice, whatever, acceptable water. It's like, oh, this is make the best wine. Because it's not because he can't help himself. Do you know what I mean? It's like feeding the 5,000. It's like thousands of people getting fed with a bit of fish and bread, and then it's like kept over some leftover at the end. And then I think to myself, like, this idea about my salvation, how lavish and generous Jesus is to me, like, like with you and me. It's like, you know, it's like God steps just far more than he needs to. So I sometimes think, like, you know, like he could have, I imagine myself in this pit, dead and drowning and kind of suffocating. That's in my dead to sin, kind of just like I'm overwhelmed by darkness and the devil leading me and kind of dominating me before I was a Christian. And then it's like God's like, it doesn't just come and hold my hand in the pit and say, well, I'll hold you in the darkness. I'll just keep you, keep you a little bit up so you don't drown. That's what Jesus does. He's like, all right, well, let's pull you out. And then it's like, yeah, you, that's not good enough. Okay, well, let's just clean you up. And then, no, that's not good enough either. Hey, listen, let's just put you into my palace. And then it's like, no, nah, that's not good enough either. Let's change your title from a slave. Let's make you a son. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, I'm not sure that's good enough either. I wonder if there's more. Actually, I can make you an heir of Christ. And so you can experience the same glory of Christ. Do you know what I mean? Lavish. This is our God. Generosity. This is our God. And then just to push it a bit further, in the new heavens, new earth, have you ever seen the, the, the description of the, the new Jerusalem? Like 1,300 miles is this wall, which is 65 meters wide, another 1,300 miles that way, and then it's like a cube, 1,300 miles high, and the wall is made of like jewels. And gold is all over the place. Like, that's just extravagant, right? It's like, really? It's like, well, I can't help myself. <laughs> because this is a generous, lavish, extravagant God. So that's super important. It's super important, I think, for a few reasons. The one is, which is a simple thing, an obvious thing, I think, is that the generosity of God is not just in one narrow area of life. It's vast. It's like God's natural being is to be generous, right? So what happens is for you and I, then when we walk in the sense of generosity or growing in the culture of generosity, our natural being at every environment should become an opportunity for generosity, whether it's finance or time or your words or whatever it might be, it doesn't really matter, is that generosity can't just be one narrow area, it's everything. It's like almost the heart attitude is a generous, we have to have a heart that is generous. Do you understand? And then it just, any opportunity can be an opportunity that it, that it expresses itself out. Okay? Number two, let me find this. Now this is a curveball. Remember I was saying it's a bit weird? Well, this is... Um, I, I, I felt pressed on this. And I think it's related to our worship earlier. You prayed, I think you said, did you say authentic God? Or was it authentic God? Was that the word you used? You know, like, I'm, and I, I wrote this down. What's, what, what source, what, the source that shapes your thinking? You see, when we talk about themes like generosity or culture of honor or 
anything that we talk about, and what you'll notice, we will always draw on who God is in a, in a revelation of the Bible. Right? Do you understand what I mean? So when we talk about this, like, this is why I just spent the 10 minutes talking to you about the, really what it is, the doctrine of God. That's what I've just done. See, and it wasn't just an academic exercise. It was like, oh, yeah, I see God. I see his majesty and his glory. And it's supposed to not shape my mind and my heart so that I can see the world correctly. Do you understand? And my question to us as a church is, what shapes how you look at the world? Every circumstance that you are engaging with, whether it's your, you know, your, 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 your job or whether it's the culture or whether it's like whether you go to clubs or whether you have drugs or whether you drink or whether you get married or not get married, whatever it might be, what shapes how you think about the world? It's super important. If you want to have authentic Christianity, where it's got the purity and jewels to it, I would suggest we need to be shaped by the scriptures and the revelation of who God is first. Amen? Amen. And, I, and so today, if you're like on the fence and you're like, ah, well, society will shape me my, and the media will shape me and the news will shape me and all kinds of other things will shape me, I want to, I want to urge you to kind of do a course correction today. Amen? So I'll leave it with you. Um, and then there's other one I was thinking of. This. This, is, this is also a bit of a weird one. The case for God. You see, when you think about generosity, I was thinking like, do you know that generosity's origins is from heaven? So like, because you could just fall into this thing like, oh, okay, well, you know, the world is generous. Because, you know, the world is pretty impressive. I mean, sometimes when I came to this country, particularly like 17 years ago, I was overwhelmed by this, this country's generosity when you guys do things like Pudsy Bear and all those kind of stuff. You'd raise like millions of pounds and just give it away to other, like, to people in need, right? And then when there's issues happening in the world where there's a crisis or whatever, the world, if you want, they kind of gather and they start to kind of, if you want, Give to their species, to our species as humans. We give us, I'll take our resources and we give it to other people for their need, right? And we could almost like walk through this world thinking, well, that's just a thing that we do as human beings. That's just a thing. But you know what? In evolutionary theory, they talk about survival of the fittest. You're not going to help your species out for a lion. So the lioness is going to kill the prey. The lion comes and he starts to eat his fill. The cubs come, the lionesses come. Do you think that they like, hey, listen, all the other animals, come and have a little snack over here. I know you're hungry. I know you're hungry, hyena. Come and have a little chow and a little whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, I promise I won't eat you, but come and sit here and have a little snack. Do you know what I mean? It's like survival of the fittest because we want to be pure and strong as a species, right? Like, this is not what we do as humans. We look at our species around the world and we say, something in us drives us to want to go and help people in need to bring them to a better place. And I want to say, I think that's, we shouldn't underestimate the case for God in that. Because we, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, just think about that. The reason why I want to do this is because 
Generosity, when we think about generosity, something of the DNA of heaven is in generosity. It's not just like something we do because it's a Christian virtue or something like that. Do you understand? All right, let's move on. Um, let's make next one. We must enjoy God's abundance. So with one, we receive it. God is the source. Second is enjoy it. I wrote this. A culture of generosity grows in the soil of thankfulness. Hey, listen, if you're struggling to be generous, you have to ask yourself the question, how thankful am I about what I have? This is a big deal. To walk with thankfulness. Like, I'm just going to say, sometimes I struggle because what happens is I look at what I don't have and then I, I can't get myself to be thankful sometimes. And so comparison is like a, it's a gratitude killer. Because you look at others, you're thinking, well, it appears that their marriage is amazing. I'm like, okay. Well, you know what? Oh, if I just could be married, I'm sure everything will be married. And you don't look at what you have and what you carry. Children struggle with this, with, with sometimes teenagers. To look around and say, how thankful am I really to look beyond just my little world and say, how thankful am I that I've got parents that love me? That I have a house to live in. And I sometimes I, I did this, Leanne said this kind of a bit weird, and, but I had to do this when I was younger to get my attitude right about thankfulness. Because I would get a gift. I don't know if you like this. So you get Christmas time, it's coming up, you can try this. And you get like some f- socks, right? <laughs> or underwear. Now I'll tell you, when I was younger, I'm trying really hard. Hey, thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you, it's awesome. And it's like fake. It's fake, I'm not thankful. In my heart, inside, I'm like, obviously don't really value me very much or whatever, right? I mean, I'm just saying, that's how I go. And so what I had to do was, I had to go, no, no, no. You're going to break this sucker down. Like somebody spent whatever they did, they went to a shop, they took some of their own money and they put it in there and bought you some socks. They actually had to go to the shop. And then they had to actually wrap it, right? And they had to bring it to this place wherever it is. You know what I mean? It's like, and when I break it down into those little units of like, this person could have just done nothing and just thought, you know what? I really don't care about you, not buy you anything. And when I break it down into those very units, I'm like, you know, I am. It actually changed the integrity in me. I'm thinking, you know what? I am really thankful because you didn't have to do anything. But I thank you for those socks because you didn't have to buy them for me. And you did wrap them. And you did spend your money for them. And it's the ability for us to, you might even have to start there if you're struggling to be thankful, right? Is that you look not at what others have, but look at what you do have already. And you start to thank God for those things. Amen? And those of you who have abundant, hey, don't be embarrassed by it. Like, don't like, feel like, oh my word, I should like, I mean, enjoy God's blessing in that sense. If you have lots of money and you have lots of, just lots of lots, just don't be embarrassed about that. But be thankful for that as well. Amen? Okay, let's quickly move on because I don't want to spend ages on this. And then um, lastly, release God's abundance. And this is where I think, where I think it's fascinating is that what happens is when you and I Take generosity, whether it's, you know, how we speak, our time, 
our possessions and we release it. If it is true that generosity is, comes from heaven, every time you are generous, you are releasing the DNA of the kingdom of God in a circumstance and situation, right? And I've got, I wrote these four things down. Generosity reveals the heart of God. I think we spoke about that. Number two, generosity, it reflects our identity. I wrote this. We should be generous in accordance to our citizenship as sons and daughters of God. Just like God is generous because of who he is, we should be generous because of who we are in him. There's a story from Alexander the Great. It says, The story is told that one day a beggar by the roadside asked for alms from Alexander the Great as he passed by. The man was poor and wretched and had no claim upon the ruler, no right even to lift a hand to ask for money. Yet the emperor threw him several gold coins. A courtier was astonished at his generosity and commented, Sir, copper coins would have been adequately uh, meet this beggar's need. Why give him gold? Alexander responded in royal fashion, Copper coins would suit the beggar's need, but gold coins suit Alexander's giving. Amen? That's cool, isn't it? It's like, who is this? Alexander? Okay, man. Steady on. You know, but give from who you are. Amen? And I think that if you, do, if you don't do that, I almost feel like you're insulting yourself. It's a bit like the queen, right? Can you imagine the queen walking past and saying, here's 50p. 50p for the beggar. I'm like, come on, queen. Sort it out. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> seriously? Okay. Number three. It produces worship in others. You know, there's a story where in, in Corinthians where they talk about how the church was in famine and they collected a whole lot of money and they were going to go and share this with another church, another region in the, in the Mediterranean. And, um, and they just, and the Bible talks about how their gift was an act of just raised worship within the church and thankfulness, right? And you know, it's so, it's so true. You know, I remember a couple of years ago, uh, we had this moment where um, our cat died. And, uh, and if some of you are like, ah, who cares about the cat? But anyway, it was our first uh, cat and everything. And it was like a Sunday, morning, Sunday evening. I was going out to a meeting. And um, about 7.30, Leanne phones me and says, uh, they found the cat. The cat's been missing for three days or something. They found the cat. The car knocked the cat over. She's literally like bawling her eyes out. You know? Leanne's like sobbing on the phone. And I'm just about to go and teach in this, in this course we were doing thing. And I'm like, oh, okay. Anyway, so I come home, and there's like drama in the Smith house, if you can imagine. And the kids don't know anything yet at this point. And um, Monday morning, the kids go to school. We go and collect the cat off the side of the road. It's like, oh, so, you know. Anyway, tell the kids that afternoon, the cat's dead. Drama, 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 if you can imagine. Anyway, so everybody's very upset. On Tuesday evening... We have this like, evening where people who want to join the church, we're having this meal. About 12 people come in. And one of those people, which was actually Eva Gaskin, if you might remember, she walked in with a bunch of flowers. And as she walked in with flowers, Leanne's upstairs with the kids. They are crying. They are upset, man. They are seriously traumatized by this thing, right? And she walks in with a bunch of flowers, and she says, I felt God say, um, this is for the lady of the house. It's like God's kindness 
at the moment of generosity. Flowers, small things, spend five or ten pounds, who knows what it was. But you know what? She walked in, and I went upstairs and called, called Leanne. I said, hey, Leanne, um, Eva's got some flowers for you. Just because she felt that listen to God, and a, a small moment of generosity had a massive impact in that moment, right? And it's like little things like that. And what happens is for us, for us as a family, like God is like knows what's going on in our lives. Our kids are like suddenly like, wow, what kindness is this that God is showing to us here in this moment, right? Another one, one more. So a few years ago also, we're sitting, this is a Sunday afternoon, Christmas time. So what's seems like this time of the year? Christmas time. And Leanne and I are having conversation about finance, and we are actually by the, by the stove, I remember this, chatting, and it's kind of a, the conversation's around a bit disappointed disappointment because we like we've been saving up money, something came up, we had to use the money, now our Christmas gifts are gonna be all weird and da 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 da. And we're chatting and the kids can overhear the conversation and we are like uh, and I hear the uh, flap in the door go. And we carry on talking, I think it's probably somebody giving some charity stuff, you know, like the bags or whatever. And I go to the flap and there's an envelope. And I'm like and I open it and there's like a couple hundred pounds in there from someone. Maybe you even here today, I don't know. But, and I walk into the, into the kitchen, and I put it onto the table, and I call the kids. Because my first thing is, wow, how generous God is. And kids, I want you to see God's blessing, and God hears our prayers, and God hears our conversations. And somebody, somebody also heard the voice of God. And that they decided to give an act of generosity, and it raised worship in our family. Do you know what I mean? And so I want to encourage us what amazing moments of generosity, if it's from the DNA, if it's from heaven, it's not just like, uh, it raises worship. And then lastly, I'll go very fast, I must say this because I think it's important. Generosity without strings attached. Hey, listen. You know, we have these nonverbal contracts with each other. Hey, I help you move your house. You better help me move my house. So it's a conditional generosity, right? And it's just like, it's not the kingdom way. God doesn't like, um, okay, I'll do generous to you. I'll let the sun rise on the righteous and the unrighteous. I'll let it rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Okay, my generosity is just goes out unconditionally to you. And I remember a few years ago, I'm in South Africa, and this beggar asked for money, and I regret this now, so. And a beggar asked for money, and he's like, and I've got like literally like 30 pence in my wallet, like nothing, this coins, nothing. And I literally pull it out and I drop it into his, into his hand. And, and he kind of looks at me and he keeps his hand out. And the unconditional, or rather the, the non verbal contract that's going on is like, listen, I give you money, you give a nice smile back at me. And we've made a good verbal, because now you've responded in the right way, the way I expect you to respond, because that's our cultural conditioning. You respond the way I should, you, you should be responding, because you're thankful. And he didn't do that. It was kind of like, oh, that's not enough. And in my mind, I'm, like, I'm offended by your uh, not meeting the cultural conditioning here. Do you know what I mean? Like you know, this non-verbal contract that we are supposed to be having—you're not, you're not doing that. You're not dealing with it. You're not meeting the rules. And in my mind, I'm about to grab the money and take it back out of his hand. <laughs> Yeesh. 
That's terrible, isn't it? That is not the kingdom way. So that's, a, you know, that's not. We don't, we're not generous because of any sort of like conditions. We're generous because that, if it's in us, if that's a culture we're building as a church, we give it with no strings attached. Amen. Amen. So I want you to walk away with this. And band, you guys can come up quickly so I can, is it, what time is it? Yeah, we have five minutes. Come on up here quickly while I just finish up. So I want you to walk away with today as we build a, if you want to build a culture of generosity here at God First, never underestimate that generosity is, has its origins from God himself. This is a God thing. I want to almost say it's a supernatural thing to be generous. Okay? That's number one. Number two, be thankful, man. Ask God what you need to be thankful for. Like, let God work in you. Like, man, if you need to write a list of things that you're thankful for, do that. And if you have to go to, like, I'm thankful that I've got carpet in my house, go that far. But you want to need to, like, list, I'm thankful. Youth, what are you thankful for? You've got to write it down. And then ask God what area that he needs you to grow in your generosity. Hey, maybe you don't give. Maybe you need to start. Or maybe you need to increase your giving. Maybe you need to start serving. You know, maybe you need to give some amazing, generous moment at work or in school and college or do something. Ask God to show you your next step of generosity. Amen? Amen. I bless you. Go and stand up and we'll worship. Thanks, man.